It's the Take It Like a Mandalorian podcast here on the Four Figure Discount Network. This week, we are here to review episode three of season two. It's chapter 11, The Heiress. I am Dando. I am Guy. Oh, goodness. That, there's a lot going on there. You know, is it, what are we? Season two, episode three, chapter 11, The Heiress. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, this episode, much, much, uh, let's just say two words that uh, I appreciated. Plot development. This thing actually got the ball got the ball rolling a bit more this episode, didn't I? I mean, it's not to say I didn't like the first two episodes, but this one, all those reviewers who shit-canned the first two saying that was nothing was really happening in regards to the story arcs, this finally gave us something to sink our teeth into. It is definitely moving things forward. And may I just add three words that uh, that I certainly like. Shorter running time. Um, <laughs> I, I, I was not unhappy with the fact that the first two episodes, well, the premiere episode went for close to an hour. The second episode went for about 45 minutes. This was close to half an hour. And uh, I'd gotten used to those kind of bite-sized morsels of Mandalorian. So, uh, look, I'm... I'm I'm not. I'm not complaining about an hour long, an hour's worth of Mando. That's good stuff. At the same time, it's like mm, I don't want it to reach that stage where it gets overstuffed again, or, or, or yeah. yeah, or it gets overstuffed. So especially uh, where it's episodes that you know don't necessarily have much to do with the overall story arc. They're just sort of what we call filler episodes. They don't need to be fifty mm. minutes. As good as they were, they don't probably need to be fifty minutes. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, yeah, God, if this had gone on another. 15 or 20 minutes or so, I think we would have been saying, eh, don't know. I mean, it, it would depend what's in that 15 or 20 minutes, but I think this uh, did exactly what it needed to do. It uh, jetted the story along. We got a bit of action. We got a bit of, we got a lot of cute Yodito, I think, in this. Mm. Um, I'll, yeah, and I don't know. I think this just did a really good job of depicting what I think you and I are certainly enjoying, and I think what audiences in general are enjoying about The Mandalorian. It's a, you know, it's uh, weaving into the greater Star Wars universe, but I don't think you need to be 100%, you know, across the board of, say, the Clone Wars or Star Wars Rebels or anything like that, although that would certainly help, you know, given the introduction of certain characters this time around. But no, it was just, a, yeah, another good step forward in the, you know, the story of the Mando and his, um, his journey this season. I'm sorry, this is a bit of a detour. I'm just so... I sort of drifted out for a second there as you were talking because there is <laughs> I'm boring. a giant earwig in my fucking room here in oh the my studio. God. And you know the giant life-size Bart Simpson I have in the corner there? Yes. It is just crawling along it. And this thing is a good probably two inches long. It is the biggest earwig I've ever seen in my life. Oh, man. I'm in two minds. Do I go and do something about it or do I just... <laughs> Continue doing the podcast, lose track of where it is, and just know that it's existing in this room at some point. <laughs> I look. I, I think I don't know if it's the the season or the state of the world or whatever, but I think insects are taking like taking back the planet. I've had they a couple really of, are. I've had some huge spiders in the house lately. There's a the huntsman that's been taking up residence in my living room. Basically, the cat had a go at it, and that didn't. <laughs> well, he tried, but you know, I think the spider had the height advantage. Uh, but you know, I've, I've <laughs> I've seen a lot of uh, spider webs, like definitely on the outside of the house, one or two inside. Yeah, so insects are oh, getting shit, their revenge. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is no earwig. It's a fucking cockroach. Oh, dude. Mm. Oh, shit. All right. Should we take a break? And, uh, I don't do know. It? I'm just looking at this. This, this thing's a big fucking cockroach. <laughs> oh. Should I, should I go do something about this or not? 
Or should I just continue to update the listeners on what the cockroach is doing? <laughs> I think I think just you know continual updates. Yeah, yeah. Special <laughs> okay. special bulletins as they come to pass. Breaking news bulletin. All right. So yeah. So you mentioned uh, you mentioned some debuts characters in this episode in regards to the Mandalorian. Not over, not obviously in the overall uh, Star Wars franchise, but we got Bo-Katan uh, in this episode. She makes her first live action appearance. She's from the Clone Wars. And what we'll discuss this before we started recording tonight. And you just mentioned you, you touched on it there. I think it's very important that when they introduce these new characters that they do it in a way that you can just watch the Mandalorian and know exactly who they are. Whoa, wait a minute. Can cockroaches can cockroaches jump? Because this one just jumped. Ooh. I don't know. Can man. they jump? Um, this thing just jumped from Bart Simpson to my wall. It legit just jumped. I just saw it jump. How far is it? How far is it away from me? Or how far did no, it jump? How far did it jump? It jumped, uh, that would be at least 20, 25 centimeters. Hmm. It leapt. It, it's, it's actually, yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it's a cockroach and it jumped. It's a jumping cockroach. I, okay. I didn't know they could jump. I didn't know that either. Okay. Look. I'm scared. Sh- it's, it's sh- right. Now it's climbing, it's climbing down the wall. Okay. So I'll Is it heading updates. towards anyway, the window? It's nowhere. It's on the other side of the room to the window. Oh dear! Oh, look at all its tentacles flapping around. Oh, it's disgusting. <laughs> anyway, Spoke Tan. So yeah, so they need to do it in a way that you don't need to have seen these other shows, The Clone Wars, and all. Wait a minute! Holy shit! I'm sorry. I'm gonna have to say something here. The cockroach just flew. Can cockroaches fly? Well, they do have little wings, don't they? This thing just flew two meters across the room. It's now in a box on the other side of the room. The fact that this thing can now fly and attack me is starting to scare me a little bit. Is it coming towards you? As it's they say, close. it's probably more scared of you than you are of it. Yeah, yeah, I know. But it's it's fascinating. I didn't know cockroaches could, A, jump. And now this thing literally just flew from one side of the room to the other. That's amazing. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, it's important that you don't have to have seen Clone Wars because I'm one of those people. I've never seen Clone Wars. I've never seen, uh, what's the other one? Rebels. So I've never yes. seen any of these other shows. I've watched a couple of episodes, but I can't remember anything about them. I've heard they're great, but anyway. So it's important they introduce these characters in a way that you can just pick up Mandalorian and go, oh yeah, I know who Bo-Katan is. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they don't need, yeah, you don't, you shouldn't have to do homework, is all, is my opinion about, you know, franchises like this and, and stories like this. I mean, you need, you need to have skilled enough storytellers that, um, you know, you can certainly have your bigger picture, but you can have smaller detailed pictures within that that don't necessarily need to be connected. I mean, it would, you know, if you want to join the dots between everything, that's great. But uh, no, let Mandalorian be Mandalorian is is my point of view on that. So basically, the overall story of this episode was that Mando, he safely delivers the frog lady to her planet. Uh, she meets up with her husband and he, as she promised, uh, points Mando in the direction of where he can find some Mandalorians, which now, is in this bar. Just one second. Yes. Am I, am I just a dreadful sap and sook? I got incredibly touched by the frog reunion. I thought it was oh, just yeah. I thought it was just beautiful. They did a fantastic job of making these characters who didn't speak a word of English, you knew exactly what they were saying to each other purely by the way they were reacting. It was fantastic. I loved it. I was so happy. Yeah, it, it just I thought that was so nice. Oh, I also felt one very funny thing I saw on Twitter. <laughs> um, I don't know if if the line was in this episode or the previous episode, but someone had taken a screen cap uh of Mando, and the subtitle was, um, I'm sorry, lady, I don't speak frog. But their, their caption was, me watching Emily in Paris on Netflix. <laughs> 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 I 
I swear to God, I laughed for like two minutes straight seeing that. It just made me laugh. Anyway. Um, it was oh, very and, touching. And, that, as you said, when Mando says, you know, he's like, you're welcome. You know, he doesn't speak her language, but he knew exactly what they were trying to, you know, say to him. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, and before we uh, sort of get too far into the episode, I just wanted to point out two things at the very start. I don't think we can discount the great impact and great uh, value that uh, Ludwig Göransson, uh, the music composer, is bringing to the show. Just well, the- I bought his entire for, uh, season one score on record. It's so good, isn't it? I mean, and just the just that little dum, 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 the little sort of propul- uh, percussion at the very start of this episode. I mean, it's part of the theme, I guess. But I mean, it's like God, this music's good. I mean, I, I mean, I listen to it at work all the time. I'm Honestly, I put it up there with the original trilogy. I think the music's great. Yeah, and, and look, it's sort of... I, I think it's definitely tipping the hat to John Williams's, uh, John Williams's music, absolutely. But it's also doing its own thing. Yeah, this guy is just as vital to the success, uh, success of The Mandalorian as John Favreau and Dave Filoni and Pedro Pascal, as far as I'm concerned. He's Like, when, when the intro's finished and it goes boom, 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 and the music kicks in, it just gets you right in the zone, doesn't it? Like nothing else Very is happening in your life right then. You're just, you're in the Mandalorian. <laughs> yes, yeah, you're in the Mando zone, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Not the boy zone, as we talked about on, um, on Four Finger Discount, <laughs> Four discount but, yeah. but Mando zone, yes. Oh, and one other thing, uh, just a nice little Star Wars shout-out, a real original Star Wars shout-out, where um, Mando's trying to land the uh, the Razor Crest, and you hear him saying "Almost there, almost there," which is mm-hmm. a line from yeah, <laughs> which we all know. But uh, oh, look, he didn't, but he didn't play it exactly as as on the nose as I did just then. But it was like, uh, yeah, <laughs> Star Wars heads know anytime you know, you know. Have you ever worked in an office when you know someone wants something and you've said? Almost there. I've did, I've done that so many times. <laughs> well, I say it as well, not just because of the Star Wars reference, but when um, in the Simpsons episode when Homer goes to New York City of New York versus Homer Simpson, when he's trying to reach for the pizza shop, so he picks up a <laughs> stick. And he's like, almost there. <laughs> uh, but oh, yeah, so, but- the, the, so we, as we we're saying, the frogs re- reunite. Um, they're all happy. He points Mando in the direction of the Mandalorians. So he goes to, goes to a bar where he comes across... Uh, the captain of a ship, of a trawler, who says that he can take him to the Mandalorians, but turns out they just want to kill him for his armor. Uh, so when they throw Baby Yoda in that thing's mouth, I was like, whoa, well, that was out of the fucking, uh, that was out of nowhere. I was not Abs- expecting that at all. Absolutely. And, and I think we've been primed. I mean, I think we all love Yodito and Baby Yoda and all that, but he was especially cute this time around, you know. He was all hungry and he had his little droopy ears because he was hungry. And then, you know, there was a face hunger in the chowder that he had in the bar. And it's like, oh, so much cute baby Yoda stuff this time around. And then, God, he gets thrown into the mouth of like a rancor or a whatever that thing. Oh, hang on. No, the rancor was the one in the... Um, no, in, I can in, tell you what it was. It was a... Um, in a it, was, it, was, it wasn't a sarlacc. It looked a bit like a sarlacc. It did look like, it was like a water sarlacc. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it was into the mouth of a mammacor. Oh, okay then. And by the way, yeah, it, looked, he, it looked it looked unpleasant. That's what it yeah. did. What was that guy that um that he that Mando sort of connected with at the bar? I'm, I'm guessing it wasn't Admiral Akbar. It wasn't, but it, it sort of looked like a member of his race. Well, you mean the one who when he landed the ship? Oh, that's right. Yeah, the, the one who who he paid to fix it, basically. Oh, uh, yeah. I I thought he looked very Akbarish. I was expecting he did. Oh, he's definitely he's definitely the same race. When that when he landed, I was like Akbar, because by this point. No, Ryan Johnson. Ryan Johnson in the in the universe in the timeline hasn't killed Akbar yet. True, yeah, Un- so. unceremoniously. 
Still, it's a piece of crap. Still, the big, still, I consider the biggest fuck you in all of last year. I was killing Akbar with no regard for the character. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, but anyway, so yeah, so he they try to kill Baby Yoda. Um, they're about to kill Mando. When Mando's in that water, all I was sticking in my head was, why isn't the creature just eating Mando as well? Mm, yeah, but he was like, I don't know. He was like in the water with it. <laughs> anyway, but but maybe you know maybe the creature's sort of you know got its work cut out for it, trying to gnaw through. Um, what would you call? You know, Baby Yoda's crib or carriage or whatever—that little floating. Oh, uh, it, 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 it does have a name. Transporter. It does have a name because there's toys that name it. I can't remember. Oh, okay. But um, <laughs> but anyway, so these these guys are trying to kill Mando so they can get his armor, and this is where Bo-Katan and her fellow Mandalorians come up and they save the day, don't they? They do indeed. Yeah, I mean, um, uh, their names are Axe and what was the other one's name? It was Axe and. Oh, oh, almost like Keanu? Koska. Koska and Axe. Is it, her name's Koska Reeves or something? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, hence the Keanu. All right. But, um, yeah, but uh, yes, we, we've got three uh, three Mandalorians, one of whom is wearing some very intricately decorated armor and a helmet that she then removes. What? Mm, yes. So what this episode does is it reveals to the, us as the viewers that Mando's essentially been raised by a cult. You know, so he thought he was the way he was. Like the, he was raised to believe that the way he followed the, the Mandalore that he followed was the only way. You know, this is yeah. the way. But it turns out that he was actually part of the Watch, and the Watch were a part of or a group of people who left Mandalorians to go and try and reignite the old-fashioned way. You know, mm-hmm. the, the the original, old-school, ancient way of Mandalore. Um, so he was raised by those people, where uh, Bo-Katan and her and her lot. They're the more sort of like modern. We're willing to take our masks off. We don't follow that old-fashioned way, and that doesn't play well with man with uh, with Mando, does it? No. Now, I guess Bo-Katan and her her crew they're more like Hillsong Mandalorians, whereas uh, yeah, um, Din uh, oh god, Din Jardin, um, and his and the people who raised him they're more sort of fundamentalist. But you know, I mean, it's to my mind, it's really good storytelling by John Favreau here, and you know the rest of the creative team because you know. The way of Mandalore is clearly a broad church with a lot of, uh, you know, different interpretations. And a good story, I think, always has its characters learning more about the wider world and their place in it. I mean, you know, A New Hope actually makes this explicit when, you know, Kenobi says, you've taken your first step into a larger world. I think that it's, it's one of my favourite lines from the original movie. And I think, uh, you know, uh, Mando does that here by learning that uh, there's w- more than one way to be a Mandalorian. Yes, and by the end of the episode, he's willing to accept that, okay, maybe his way isn't the only way. It's his way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so they, they save him a couple of other times, Armando, and then he says to them, look, can you show me how to get to the Jedi? They say, we can, but first you need to help us steal some weaponry uh, from the Imperial ship. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the meantime, he delivers the baby, delivers Yojito to the frog lady and her partner to watch over him because he doesn't want him to get involved in all the shenanigans on the Imperial ship. Now, who's the Irish actor who plays the Imperial officer? The I don't know if he's an Irish here. actor. I think he might actually be an American actor, but the guy who's running the show in the on the uh, Imperial ship is a guy named Titus Welliver. Um, I thought he was Irish. Cause, well, he plays an Irish guy in Sons of Anarchy. Oh, okay then. Well, he's been. Oh, no, he's it, been says, it, says, it says here. It says here, American actor. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. He's the star of um a uh, a cop show called Bosch that I think is on Amazon. Okay. Uh, and he's been to a bunch of stuff. He was in like, uh, you think he played a bit of a 
badass government guy in one of the Transformer movies. Uh, he's in a couple of Ben Affleck's movies. I think he was in The Town and maybe Argo. Yeah, but mm-hmm. he's, yeah, one of those guys who's been around forever. And uh, I don't he's know, got a I'm face all... you wouldn't trust. Yeah, it's true. He he looks like a bit of a uh, he looks like a tough guy, and and it looks like a guy who takes no shit, or takes no nonsense. Yeah, yeah. It was a very good choice for this position, like for this character. I think so. Yeah, I mean, it's just a yeah. He's got he's got a good presence, but he also he had some nice bits of sort of sly humor in there as well that I thought you know just um, yeah added a, added a nice bit of a a nice different touch of spice to the whole story. He's the kind of actor I feel like the new trilogy could have benefited from because the the redhead guy I mean not say he's a bad actor but the role he was forced to play he was just a laughing stock there was no one there was no one who was really fearsome in the fourth, nah. in the first order you know what I mean yeah they I think they let uh, that actor's Domino Gleason yeah he, who is a really good actor he's been goodness in so many things and yeah I think he was either poorly directed or didn't have much sort of choice with what he could do with Hux in the um in the latest trilogy and yeah by the end, he was sort of going fairly over the top and sort of ranting and raving. And it's like, J.J. Eh, Abrams and maybe Ryan Johnson, they could have told him to dial it back just a little bit. But, uh, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, this Titus Well of a guy, yeah, playing playing this character, yeah, it just looks like, mm, yeah, this would be the wrong guy to mess with. So. They end up being on the ship, and it turns out that, uh, that Bo and her crew want to actually just hijack the entire ship. Mando isn't totally sold on that, but eventually he helps them save the day. She safely uh, lands the ship, and this is where um, well, as Welliver, is that what you say his name was? Welliver? Yes, yeah. I've forgotten the character's yeah. name, I'm sorry, but... Uh... Yeah, Titus, Titus's character, he kills himself because he knows that Moff Gideon, who he speaks with just beforehand, I did like that part there where basically it's just a, it's sort of like a way of saying we're going to sacrifice ourselves for the sake of the, yeah. of the, of the Galactic Empire. I did, I did not see that coming, which is, uh, yeah, it was, a, nah. it, was a, it was a nice surprise. It was definitely, yeah. And she says, you know, you can come with us. Mando turns it down, says, nope, there's other things I have to do. Can you please tell me where I can try and find the Jedi? She says, go to this planet and you will find Ahsoka. And Ahsoka, as soon as I heard that name, I went, oh, shit. Now, I haven't seen Clone Wars, but I don't think you had to have seen Clone Wars to know that, that you might not have known her name, but you've definitely seen the character before. You're like, okay, well, she's the main character of the show. She's going to be a big deal. And I know people love her because, you know, it's no secret that I work in pop culture. I deal with all the Funko stuff and we can't keep Ahsoka Funko Pops on the shelves. They just sell out like that. So yeah, she, yeah. her being introduced into the show is a big deal. Absolutely. I mean, yes, I'm, I'm not up to speed with, uh, with those animated shows, but yes, even I've heard of this character. And I believe she is played by the very cool actor Rosario Dawson, uh, who has been seen in a lot of MCU uh Netflix stuff as of late. Um, she was in Sin City. Yeah, she's a very, very good actor. I'm really looking forward to seeing what she does with this character. It's actually a really interesting addition to because everyone knew she was coming this season. But I've read a few people saying that her and Mando uh, actually sort of followed a similar path because in Clone Wars she was raised. Uh, she was turned like trained to be a Jedi at a very late age, uh, like older than what than what. Uh, Anakin was, and Anakin was like nine when he was first getting trained, which was considered very old. You know, he's too old. Mm. Um, so not a, not so, a youngling. No, not a youngling, not at all. So she was sort of like, as they said it, brought into this cult, the Jedi, and mm. trained that their way is the correct way to go and the correct way to live your life. So her and uh, it was Mando both experienced similar things. So I'm really interested to see what the dynamic is like between the two characters. Mm. I'm also uh, very interested to see what this, uh, what this next planet is like because... 
something something that I noticed, um, you know, over the course of the season, we've been so far we've been on a desert, been on an ice planet, been on the high seas. I can't. I'm looking forward to seeing what we do next. We've got a forest planet. It's a forest planet. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, cool. she's, she, she actually. I'm pretty sure she says it's the forest. Actually, planet. yes. They, yeah. uh, my apologies. They did mention that. Yeah, yeah. So I'm looking forward to seeing some little Ewoks, some little uh, yeah. wickets. <laughs> I, I, I think you may be the only one who's looking forward to seeing Ewoks. <laughs> now, I watched Return of the Jedi recently, and the wickets, not wickets, the, uh, the Ewoks themselves don't offend me. What offended me was the fact that they were able to beat the Galactic Empire with sticks and stones. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there's something about when you watch the remade versions of the original trilogy, they made the Ewoks blink, and it's creepy as hell. Oh, I'm not sure I want to see that. But um, we might see some Ewoks. We're not too sure. They might have. They might only be on uh, on Endor. I'm pretty sure the planet from Episode Four of Season One might have been a forest planet. Okay. I can't quite remember. You know where he's on like the the camp and the um the oh, yeah, ATST yeah, yeah. was like attacking them all the time. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, but where do you see the show going from here? So obviously they introduced this the side story here, the new arc of. Bo and her crew, the other Mandalorians, wanting to get the Darksaber back from Moff Gideon. So this is the first time anyone's mentioned the Darksaber since. So they, he basically stole that from them. That was theirs, and yeah. they're trying to get that back. So that sort of creates a side story there. So we could, we could potentially have an episode in this season that doesn't actually feature the Mandalorian, like Mando. It could just be Bo and her crew trying to get the Darksaber from, um, from Moff Gideon, and I'd be all for that. A very interesting point. And look, something I'm... Look, I'm, this may not happen at all, but I think I don't know. I'm just getting a getting that spidey sense tingling um, that you know. I think Bo-Katan may have good intentions, but I think that she's probably going to be so driven by her uh, by her cause and her crusade that anything goes. You know, I think she may not be. I think she may be willing to sort of shove morals to one side or shove her code to one side in order to you know achieve her goals at some stage and that may bring her into conflict with Mando I mean I think that's something that uh, that Katie Sackhoff who plays Bo-Katan in this she, vo- she voiced the character apparently in um, okay did she really okay did not know that yep yeah yeah and of course you know nerds know her as a, a Starbuck from Battlestar Galactica uh, she's she's really good I mean I'm surprised that she never that she didn't really sort of break a bit bigger out of Battlestar Galactica she didn't really sort of I think she's worked fairly steadily and all that, but uh, I thought she looks be... like a sci-fi actor, doesn't she? <laughs> she really does, yeah. But she's she sort of carries herself with a I don't know if I can hundred percent trust you kind of thing. It, yeah, it's it's kind of like you know, there's an ulterior motive there. Yeah, but I feel like my, you, I didn't actually think about it until you pointed out, but there could be a scene where maybe it's a choice between getting her hands on the dark saber or saving Yodito or something. And she chooses mm. the dark saber and puts Yodito in danger, and that thus creates conflict with Mando. You know, absolutely, yeah. I mean, or using you know the child as a bargaining chip or something along those lines, and oh, we just can't have that happen. I mean, um, I mean, it was very cute at the end when you know Baby Yoda was playing with Baby Frog, and not yes, yeah, and not eating them for a change. Do you see that everyone was so up in arms about the uh, eating the the frog eggs? Yeah, well, I, I wasn't a fan of it, but w- were you scared, like, watching it going, oh, God, he's going to eat their baby in front of them? <laughs> no, I think uh, I think your detail has also learned a couple of things as well. I think you realised, oh, wait a minute, those things that I was eating turn into little, They're little babies, critters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, it's, you know, your detail is learning as well. Everybody's, everybody's uh, learning a thing or two in this episode. I wonder if the frog people will ever return. 
I guess there's, had- no need for, there's, no, there's no need for Mando to ever really return to this planet, so you would assume not. But No, I, th- I think a little frog goes a long way. I think, I think we've had just about enough. Yes, especially since they can't speak English. <laughs> True, yeah. <laughs> Was there anything else we need to discuss about this episode? Like, where do, where do you see it going forward? Do you think we're going to see Ahsoka in the next episode, or do you think they're going to tease us a, a further week? Well, so we're up to the halfway point with the next episode, aren't we? I think... Uh, it'll, pro- it'll, probably, it'll probably end with Ahsoka being introduced at the very end as like a, oh, fuck moment. If she's that uh, pivotal of a character or that sort of central... Oh, she's, a, she's, a, she's one of the uh, that popular. Biggest, she's one of the biggest sort of like modern characters you can get, 100%. Well, okay. Well, in that case, yeah, it could go one of two ways. It's like, okay, well, let's introduce her as... Not as quickly as possible, but, uh, you know... Let's get as much of her in the rest of the season as we can. Or you're right; it could be like reduced, um, introduced in the final episode as like, well, you're definitely coming back for season three now, aren't you? Because you know, look who's here. So um, the the short answer, Dando, is I don't know. <laughs> I just, I just, uh, I don't know. See, the thing is with Mandalorian now, they've got such good faith with their viewers that they don't really need to, they don't need to hook us with a tease to make us come back. We're going to come back. You know what I mean? You've already, you've already got us. You've already got us on the hook. You've True. already reeled us in. We're in the boat. You know what I mean? We're not going to jump out. You've got us. You've caught True, us. True, but there may there may be you know still some people who, yeah, even at this stage are like, oh, I don't know, I've got a bit of Star Wars fatigue. And yeah, they say, yeah, but we're bringing in this character. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I see what you mean. We also need to remember they, they haven't touched on uh, Boba Fett again since he made his appearance at the end of the first episode. So he Where has to yet? return I think this point. is going to be a very eventful back end, back end of the season. Oh. I mean, well, it's going to have to be because there hasn't been all that much in regards to the first season's cast at all. I mean, we have, no, who have we no. seen from the first? We haven't seen Cara Dune. We haven't seen Grief. We haven't seen Moff. Mo- Moff appeared in this one very briefly. Very briefly, but, just his back. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a fairly stacked uh, back end and I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Are you looking forward to the two and a half hour finale? <laughs> of course. Oh, <laughs> by that stage, I'll be all in. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, but that was chapter 11 of... Uh, take a look at Mandalorian and the Mandalorian review. Don't forget, write into us. Take a look at Mandalorian at fourfigurediscount.com.au is the best way to reach us. Or if you're a four-figure discount patron, you can just contact us in the four-figure discount exclusive Facebook group. Be part of that group. You're just going to be a one-dollar patron at patreoncom discount. But like I said, mailbag questions. Take a look at Mandalorian at fourfigurediscount.com.au. Now, Mr. Davis, this is where Mr. I Dana. ask you. Any final words for our beloved listeners? It's a trap. <laughs>